Welcome to the Small Business Sessions powered by Zero. My name is Emma Jones, founder of Enterprise Nation, and I am truly delighted that today I have not one, but both of the co-founders of The Office Group. This is a real privilege for me because I have previously interviewed Ollie Olsen on his own, but never before have I had Ollie Olsen and Charlie Green it's in much the better. same room. It's, <laughs> what, it's much better to have you? both of us. Yeah. <laughs> you are the faces. I've now set the bar. <laughs> <laughs> That's annoying. The faces and the founders of the office group. The two of you together have built this amazing business that accommodates thousands of small business owners. So Charlie and Ollie, it is a pleasure to have both of you Thank here you. with us today. Thanks for having us. So let us take it back a little bit to the beginning. I know it wasn't a huge amount of time ago, but how the two of you met? How we first met? How you first met. I decided to travel the world. This was 1994. I was walking along the beach and I saw what was uh, quite an odd thing, which was a bunch of guys. This was in Thailand, Hadron Beach, uh, where the forming parties are. Uh, And I saw half a dozen guys playing with a rugby ball and it looked very out of place. It's not the sort of thing you'd see on a beach there. And through this, I I, I noticed one of them, recognised one of them as an old friend, went up to them and Charlie was within this group of guys playing rugby on Hadron Beach in Thailand. And that's where we first met. I love that. I get this image of you're walking down the beach and this mirage comes towards you in the form of Charlie Green. Yeah. (laughs) Never before has that been said. Well, I do have a picture of the time, but it's only me. I'm going to show you afterwards. Okay. Yeah, it's, yeah. Lucky. it's lucky it's a podcast. Photos don't translate on <laughs> yeah. podcasts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll, sorry, listeners, we will view that and maybe post it up with the blog post that goes live with this. But we should we should say, sorry, that we didn't, we met and we talked and we got on, but we didn't say, let's start a business together and let's create this office business. Which was going to be my next yeah. question in terms of when did the business liaison kind of come so, together? The Thailand experience was 1995, and then we ended up working at the same company, which was a property company, in uh, 97, 98? I joined in 1999. So you right, were, I was there from 97. Yeah, he's a couple of years older than I am. <laughs> it's fine. I'm comfortable with that. <laughs> I'm always going to be a couple of years older than him, and that's all right. <laughs> older, wiser, smarter. Ah, well, there it is. Well, uh, I will leave that to Emma, be determined. You know? That's your judgment. That's fine. I'll take it. So we worked at the same company. Uh, We actually had very different roles at that company. And so our paths didn't really cross in terms of the work that we did. So I'm a charter surveyor. I was working on the property side of things. Ollie was on the operations and revenue side. But we we would talk. We we got on. So we just kind of, he'd come into my office and we'd just chat about kind of, we'd shoot the breeze about life and love and football and things like that. So we always got on, but we never talked about work at all. So I guess the friendship started on the basis of sort of mutual interest as opposed to business interest. And then how did it turn into a business discussion? How did, who was it who said, okay. do you know, I think there's a gap in the market here. This is what we should do. Uh, well, I think, I think well, you start. You, well, you started with actually leaving MWB and starting your own serviced office business, didn't you? Yeah. That's true. I, so I'd invested in a startup, which was a kind of a very niche take on the service office thing. And it's still going today, actually, although I'm no longer involved. And I had stepped away from it at that time. And I got a phone call. And I was actually, all I was doing was consultancy work. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I was trying to buy sites, get planning for residential, make lots of money. And it turns out that was a very difficult thing to do and not straightforward at all. And I was doing consultancy and people were calling me up saying, I have an empty office building. I don't know what to do with it. Can you write me a report? Because I've got to give it to the bank or shareholders. 
And I would be writing these reports, making these recommendations and looking at writing it and looking at it, thinking, actually, if I really believe what I'm writing, I should be doing this myself. And at about that time, I got a phone call from Ollie and he said, I'm bored. I want to do my own thing. Can we meet up and talk about it? And I said, sure. When do you want to meet up? And he said, well, I'm outside your office now. I love this story. I have read this um, story. And, I'm here now. And it's sort of like, okay, that's, that's just a bit weird. But um, <laughs> and literally, I kind of turned around, looked out the window, and he's and there. there. It was. <laughs> I, I, rem- I remember it. I, it's sort of, I remember it vividly. So earlier that day, so rewind about two hours, I met with uh, someone that Charlie and I had both worked with at MWB. Uh, and I was discussing with him my future and I was talking to him about where I thought the market was going and that I felt that you know there is certainly room for what was the existing serviced office model to be modernized it had to be modernized Uh, anyone that went into any one of these buildings at that point was was looking at the product and looking at their office as a temporary option. There was no one that had any ownership of the space. No one felt like it was theirs and it was far too expensive. So how could we combat that? There was a number of different ways, but I was talking to this gentleman who's Philip Newborough from Bridges Community Ventures. And he said, look, Ollie, um, I'll back you 2 million quid to take on this, this industry, but you cannot do this on your own. Uh, because you don't know anything about real estate. And and I said... You said, I know a man who does. I, who, and Philip knew Charlie very well. And he said, perfect. And then I got up from... And this was Starbucks at the top of Regent Street, which we actually now operate a building above it, Brilliant. which is Henrywood House. Full circle. And this was probably early 2002 or mid-2002. And uh, I got up there and walked straight down to Charlie's office. And that's when... You know, I knocked on his door. Brilliant. And what the two of you have done incredibly well is also bring others with you on that vision. So Lloyd Dorfman was an early backer and an investor. Mm -hmm. What would your advice be? So the two of you came together, you had this shared friendship, you had a joint vision, you'd got industry experience, you knew where it was, you've got a backer now, so all good. What would be your tips in terms of then taking this idea, and it was just an idea and a vision at this stage, and selling it to others? I think one of the things that we did, and you hear a lot of these stories of people who want to be in business, who want to be entrepreneurs, and that's sort of their drive, and then they're looking for the right opportunity in which to deploy their skills. That's quite a tough thing to do, because also a lot of those ambitions are centered on coming up with something new. And I think what we did, which was the right move and continues to be the right move, is that we looked at an existing business model that worked and we said, how do we do it differently and how do we do it better? So we weren't trying to come up with something that we weren't sure whether there was an audience for it. We weren't sure whether there was a marketplace for it. We knew there was. It existed. There were companies out there doing it successfully, but in, in our view, in a, in a poor way. They executed it poorly, and there was an opportunity there to do it better. So I think the advice, certainly in terms of what it is that you're going to be doing, you don't have to be under that pressure to come up with something entirely new. 
And I think that makes life a lot easier if you can look at markets and say, well, that works. Can we actually do it in a different way? Lovely. I love that. So in terms of the practicalities of doing it better, I should state an interest that we are very happy tenants of the office group. I think you've done an incredible job. Thank you building space. But the big thing that you're incredibly well known for at the office group is building this wonderful sense of community. So people Mm -hmm. move in, they feel part of a family, they feel part of a movement, dare I say, a kind of an entrepreneurial movement. Is that what you were looking to do when you said, how can we do it better? Was the community part of it? Was it also about the furnishings, the fit out? What was it that you saw that you wanted to do that bit better? Well, the community was part of it, but I don't think we recognised it at that point how important it would be because there were too many offices where you'd walk down the corridor, close doors, everyone was on their own, no one would really connect with each other, everyone felt like they needed it to be their space, no one wanted to share. So our very first building in Islington on City Road wherever we had any square feet or spare space and we put a chair or we put a door and we called it the shush room to have a phone call and we said to everyone that you know do not rent a meeting room you shouldn't have to pay for a meeting room we'll provide you with more communal space so that you can connect with each other and have a more enjoyable communal social place to work and I mean, it's human nature after all. We all need to be around other people. You energize from the people you with. So uh, there's no question from the early days, we recognized the importance of that community. And our very uh, first Christmas party, we published a book, which was called- This the- wasn't our Christmas party. This was for the people in the building. Oh, yeah, we did have not just the two of you well. with like Santa hats yeah, on. Pizza Express. Um, <laughs> and we, we shared this book with everyone, which was a, a who's who of everyone in our two buildings Lovely. at that point. So everyone could see who their neighbours were, what they did and how they could connect with each other. So the community piece has always been part of it, but we've recognised the importance of that probably in the last five years or so. Well, and I love it that kind of Charlie says, oh, this was 15 years ago, that there was a comment in our office yesterday that um, as a team, we're going out to see the cricket in kind of mid-July. And then I heard one of the teams say, oh no, we're missing the Tog summer party. So if people, I love the fact your tenants actually look forward to the office group summer party, et cetera. Sadly, Enterprise Nation will not be there because we'll be at the cricket. But what you have done, and whether it was in the past five years, 15 years, Others have since come in to follow. So others are are kind of taking the lead of the office group and saying, you know, can we do something similar? And recently you did a a great deal with Blackstone. And I would love to know what was the thinking behind that deal? Because you two as entrepreneurs started the company, you had early backers, you've built it to an incredible size and capacity. And then a very big company came and said, let's kind of do a deal with you. And you said, yes. So tell us a little bit about that deal and the motivation for doing it. So I credit Ollie with having the foresight on this because he said, he came into the office and actually he'd had these murmurings for a while, which was, look, life's going to get tougher. We had always had quite a straightforward run at our market. And when people used to ask us, who's your competition? Well, sort of nobody really, because nobody was doing it the way we were doing it. And Ollie would speak, he was coming to the office and we'd talk and he was being a bit negative because he's saying, you know, it's not going to be the same moving forward. Others are coming. I'm like, no, no, we're fine. We're all good. And he suggested that we sell a share of the business to reinforce our position. Uh, At the time, we had Lloyd Dorfman as our chairman and a majority investor. and, And a high net worth individual was fabulous for us at that period, for that period in our business lives. But actually, when you're in a market that is scaling up so fast, 
and there are so many new entrants coming into it, you need to shore up the defences and you need to set yourself for growth. And I think that there's only so far a high net worth individual can take you. So uh, we decided to test the waters. We appointed an advisor. We went to the market and uh, we had tremendous interest. And that's from a number of companies who were just looking for more information to find out about the sector. And there are others who were genuinely interested in investing in us. And Blackstone, who are the largest investor in real estate globally, full stop. These guys are, they're a big animal. And they're super smart. We got on with them very well from the very first moment we saw them. And it just sort of clicked and we liked them a lot. And the relationship built as the process went on. And we had a competitive bid situation. And we had to make a decision at the end of it. And it was a, a wonderful place to be to have that opportunity to make a decision. But it was a tough one. But actually, of course, with hindsight, it was the obvious one. And we now have with Blackstone an investor partner who is there to support us, to help us to grow, to grow in the right way, to grow in a disciplined way, which is something that you know, we are very focused on, on doing. Um, we're incredibly fortunate, and they're there with financial capacity to grow. They're there with tremendous business acumen, and it's really, really exciting. And I did ask you, Charlie, off air as to whether post deal you were kind of taking some time out and had gone maybe part time, to which your response was <laughs> absolutely not. So the two of you are as committed as ever post deal. It wasn't about yeah. you part retiring. As you say, this was about setting the business up for further yeah, growth. Look, we, we, we signed the deal at quarter to midnight on a Friday night. And it's, it was an interesting sort of emotional experience because there wasn't sort of a euphoria. I think probably because there was a lot of hard work to get to that point. We, um, we left the lawyer's office, went back to our cars, we hugged it out, went our separate ways. Monday morning, we gathered the troops in the office and everyone had known about the process, so this wasn't new. And we told them that it was Blackstone and we said, this is hugely exciting. And then we said, let's get on with it. And literally back at our desks by 9.15 and, and just getting on with it. Excellent. And uh, for anyone who's listening and thinking... Um you know, could I go into business with a friend of mine and could I do this? How does it work between the two of you? So Charlie, you referenced that you were kind of saying, we're fine, we've got no competition. And Ollie was kind of like, oh, well, I don't know, something's coming. Do you have like a negotiator if the two of you are ever to disagree or does that just not happen? Wow. Um, there's definitely no negotiator. There's no one in the middle. You know, when Charlie has a point to get across, he gets quite emotional and he, he pushes it through. And I do think I'm the same. And I think that we trust each other when one of us is that passionate about any one specific idea, whether it's uh, uh, the design of one specific new building, whether we should expand and take on another building. Uh, the dominant voice tends to win, and it's probably 50-50 on both of us as to who is more dominant on the decision. And and we tend to go with who's more passionate about that. We disagree on loads of things, but from the very, very start, uh, we sat there and we said to each other that if this relationship is going to work, we have to take this approach as if we're brothers, which means it's going to last forever, but we can argue and we can get on and we're going to be best of friends. And that's kind of how it's gone. And, you know, we, we share an office. We've always shared an office. 
And I think the day we stop sharing an office is the day that the business changes. So that should and will need to continue. Uh, we live near each other. You know, our children are friends, our families. So uh, it, it's a very, very close relationship. But you, you know, you know where and when to draw the line as well. So we, we don't holiday together anymore. Um, and also we <laughs> don't share a room not. when we travel. <laughs> yeah, we, up we until a few to. years ago, we, you know, we it's shared, we, we shared and toothbrushes. Well. Yeah. I, <laughs> I tell you what it is, at the very beginning, as Ollie said, you know, the communication, we said, we have to communicate. And if there is a problem, and it is like being brothers and we do piss each other off, the key is to tell one another and that's what we do. And basically, it probably happens two or three times. So we, we have debates over commercial issues. That's healthy. Uh, and we always, always end up at a point that we agree. Um, but, they, but you know, when we're pissed off with each other, the, the key is tell the person. Don't be alarmed when they come back with something where you've pissed them off. That's fine. And then you move on. Honesty is best. And in this relationship, where does it go next? So growth, you've mentioned that kind of with Blackstone behind you, it's an incredible yeah. platform for kind of further growth. I know international <laughs> is something that you're kind of working on at the moment. So if you look at sort of the next couple of years, where do you yeah. want the office group to be? Well, we're fortunate enough to have a pipeline of buildings which open in the next two or three years. So we know our roadmap currently in the UK. We sat down just uh, sort of before last Christmas and we did some visioning work together. We sat in one of our meeting rooms in the Shard, which we found quite inspiring. Sat Good there, looking, yeah. yep, looking out over yep. London. Uh, and we thought, right, what is it we want to do? And we actually both wrote on separate pieces of paper. So, and then we merged the two together. Our business ethics have really been uh, driven and built on, on reputation uh, and not on financial reward. And we sort of maintain our goal and focus just to build great offices. That's what we want to do. Uh, we will continue to grow. We are ambitious and we like the idea of having life experiences and being able to grow a business internationally. I think that's an amazing privilege for us to have. And now that we've got the ability and partners to do so, that we should certainly try so. So we are we're on, embarking on a plan to grow to 100,000 members, okay, within seven years. Lovely. We will be doing this in flagships around the world, if possible, but we will not take on any new territory unless we're happy with it, mm -hmm. So, but it is a plan. So quality, not quantity, but we will continue to grow. We've been doing this for 14 years now, and we, we see the future will continue. Um, we, we don't see ourselves stopping at any time. Well, what an incredible privilege for me, but also for the listeners to have both of you, the brothers, in one room today. Uh, I have no doubt that your vision of 100,000 members, next seven years, international territories, as you say, it's a great privilege Thank you. to grow a business like that. It's a great privilege to hear how the two of you have grown a business like this. So, Ollie Olson, Charlie Green, thank you so much for your time today. Thank, thank you very much. much. Thank, thank you. That was the Small Business Sessions from Enterprise Nation, powered by Zero. Go to enterprisenation.com forward slash podcast to find out more. And big thanks to audio and podcast production service Podraffy for producing this show. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes and please do leave a review. See you next time.